When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the Girls and Boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B Boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A Boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kick the one-two. Swing and a miss struck him out. And Texas wins it. 3-1 the final. And game three belongs to the Rangers. No one is sitting at Crypto.com Arena. Anthony Davis has the ball. Throws it opposite side. Christian Wood to D'Angelo Russell for three. Got it. Huge three by Russell. And it's turned into a three-point shootout. Jalen, pull up three is good. Timeout, West on Celtics. Celtics defending, and they are scoring in transition, and they are raining down an ugly night here on the Wizards on their home floor. It's 73 to 39. First down from the 27-yard line of the Raiders. Goff takes the snap, gives to Gibbs, Gibbs bounces through a hole. There it goes outside 20. Gibbs 15, Gibbs 10, angling to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh baby, what a run! What a run! Goff started to his left and he's picked. Intercepted by Marcus Peters. Able to stay in bounds. He's gone. I see no flags. Touchdown, Raiders. All right, uh, you know, obviously excited uh, for, uh, for this week. You know, uh, proud of the guys with the win last week. Um, things we want to things we want to do this week um, and to improve upon. Uh, excited for the game. Excited for the chance to play against Michigan State. Uh, on a personal note, um, excited to coach against you know Coach um, Barnett. You know he's one of the good men in, in football for many many years. Kind of you know, young guys like me look up to. Uh, spent several 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 years there. Was at Florida State. I think what he's done for his alma mater. He was an All American there. He's a great player there. What he's done for his alma mater. Alma mater Stepping in and filling the void, I have a lot of respect for. It's exciting. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning. Good morning on a happy Halloween here. This is Halloween. <laughs> on her head. <laughs> uh, what is, what is that Nightmare Before Christmas? <laughs> yeah. This is Halloween. Uh, we can only sing so much, otherwise we'll get fined. Uh, this, <laughs> good morning, and welcome to Heard at Sports I'm Radio. Serious, I don't get fined. <laughs> All right, Marshawn, go get some Skittles. <laughs> yeah, where's my Halloween candy? Let's Shane, see. did you bring us Halloween candy, Shane? Yeah, I really got to be careful on what I say about yeah. that, so... So, is that because the Raiders lost last night and like Riley Patterson scored as many points as Las Vegas? You talking to a ghost? No, I'm talking to you. Uh, maybe. Who knows? 
Is Shane really here? Well, yeah, you're right because we have not heard his voice one time. But that's, I can see him. That's all right. What he could pretty? be like Casper the Friendly Ghost. I think he would be. He's friendly. over here raising his hands to the sky because he's once the trying heat to warm up. Getting, <laughs> it goes through the the ventilation system up here, and Shane just like underneath one of the vents, just like please warm up my little fingers. <laughs> just trying to have a little bit of fun. He's just uh, he's he's Shano the vaping ghost over there. I think that's hey, well, what we have. You're the cigar guy. Yeah, we've got my uh, going full gangster here. Here, I had the hat, but it doesn't really fit over the. Uh, Put it on top on of top your of the headphones. Yeah. No, that didn't. No, look it was good. a little balancing yeah. act there. We got Coach Lasso. He uh, he had to. Uh, I'm know, shave Tasso because I lost yeah, my. He shaved the mustache. <laughs> You know, I got a pair of aviators I could have had you put on to go full yeah. let tasso for us here. Uh, but that's hey, all. Just be a goldfish. Yeah, just be a gold. Just, you for, know what? just forget about that. Shane, just forget about that mustache. Shane, do you want to know what the happiest animal on the planet is? What is the happiest animal on the planet? It's a goldfish. Why is that? Ten-second memory. So, Shane, be a goldfish. Selfish. But don't forget how to produce the show. That's the key. And that's to, that's, a, that's yeah, totally belief, on me. Shane, belief in yourself. <laughs> I believe in hope. I believe here's, you here's be the what, best you can be here's what all it is. day, every day. Here's what it is when it comes to that game, because it's like, I've got a prompt. Shane, go. And then you're like, you're, you're trying to... You're trying to figure out where to start with that, and then by the time you start with it, you're like seven seconds in. And so that's the reason why it's like, okay. I, I mean, if it was like a 20-second game, I could easily get those. Shane, what all I'm hearing right now are excuses. Kind of like we heard from Dabo Sweeney last night. He's yelling at fans. Nobody can do that. <laughs> hey, you can apply for my job. <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get to Dabo later. Uh, we've got a good show for you here today on Herd at Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities. We are also on Twitter, YouTube, and all of those places on the Internet. A good show for you here today. Coming up here at 7.30 because it's the only time we could get them because it's been a little busy around Iowa football <laughs> yesterday. We, uh, can I just say one thing before you add this? Absolutely. In? We luck out every single Monday. A lot, yeah. Because Ravi and I sit after the show and we're like, all right, let's try to plan out the week. Like, who should we talk to? Yep. We want to give uh, you guys some, some good Big Ten uh, information. Mm-hmm. So, so we look across the schedule. We try to find the best game. This week was a eh. little iffy. So I, I just kind of made the comment of what if we talk to Iowa because them and Northwestern have the lowest total o- over under total yeah. that we've seen in a long time, at least in the modern day. Yeah. And you, you know, reluctantly, because nothing else was Yeah, happening. there's just nothing on there. Yeah, We're like, okay, that's schedule. what we're going to do. And come to find out, an hour and a half later, Ravi take over. Yeah, so Andrew texts me, I don't know, around noon and goes, hey, are you, are you hearing anything about this Brian Ferentz thing? And I'm like, I'm hearing a lot. I don't trust much mm-hmm. of it. And so we're kind of digging around, and finally it comes out that – you know, it seemed like, okay, is Brian and Brian Ferentz retiring or resigning right now? Is he getting fired? What's happening? So it turns out he will be done at the end of the season. So he will finish out the year, um, but he will be finished at the end of the season. Which I guess makes sense. I mean, Iowa, regardless they're, they're of what happens. Game, yeah. So you got to at least let him run, its, run his course. Yeah. But they came nowhere close to the threshold that he had to hit at 25. They're only averaging 19.5 points per game. Yeah. Which, 
quite frankly, like, yes, it looks like six points on paper. That's a lot of points when you know you can make that up quickly in a football game. You should be able to, right? But uh, six points for Iowa is uh, Mount Everest, mm-hmm. basically. The interesting, the, whole, the interesting thing about this whole thing, and we'll get into it with Scott Dockerman of The Athletic at 7.30, but the interesting thing about this whole thing is there, there's two – there's two direct um, correlations here that I find interesting. Number one, what does this mean for Kirk Ferentz at the end of the year? Because I believe we talked to Scott earlier in the season, and he believed, or maybe even before the season, he believed that if Brian Ferentz gets let go or is forced out, that Kirk won't stand for it and he'll move on as well or retire or whatever. Um, do we do we think that's still on the table? Because that's, that's an even bigger story than Brian Ferentz leaving, right? Yeah, um, to stop you there for a, for a hot sec, the only thing that I, I, I really thought about in that moment when the interim AD came out and, and released a public statement about this whole thing was they're getting in fr- I was getting in front of mm-hmm. the Ferentz run the school. Yeah. Like, they're getting in front of that by saying, like, no one man – is more powerful than this university. Because Barta, the former AD, kind of was okay with that. Yeah, the, the, he was just like, hey, man, like, you go do your thing. You're, you're winning football games. You're making money for the school. Yeah. This is fine. Now Iowa is kind of taking a new direction, shifting yeah. a little bit in the sense of, no, let's take back control, and we want to be the one that oversees the operation, not you. And uh, listen, sometimes that can be good, sometimes it can be bad, because a lot of times if things are working – then you've got a situation where you've got somebody who didn't build the thing that's mm-hmm. working, who now wants control over the thing that's working, and they ruin it. Well, right? and, and Barta and Ferentz were in hot water just a few years ago yep. when it came to uh, the strength and conditioning coach mistreating yeah. athletes Chris Doyle, on the field. And then you also had kind of a scandal involving Brian Ferentz with some racial stuff that you know they all went to racial sensitivity training or whatever happened there. Um, it all just kind of went away, um, but it, for a minute there, it looked like everybody was in hot water there too. So, you know, as a school and as a university, they probably wanted more oversight, which is totally understandable. Which is why um, I think you got what you got yesterday. But if you're Kirk Ferentz, you go, hey, I've been operating on my own, kind of being my own boss here for, you know, in reality, because Gary Barta was never going to fire him. Like, he's been operating kind of with autonomy for the last, 20 some years and now he's like oh well i'm not why do i have to answer to this person who's not even the full-time ad they're an interim ad but part of the thing that was interesting other part that was interesting yesterday outside of the okay what does this mean for kirk is the reason that the ad is able to make that call is because kirk skirted around the university's nepotism policies in order to hire brian in the first place like with the help of gary barda you know, I, I was reading this article by Scott, and like I said, we're going to talk to him at 7.30. And very appreciative of his time. But I was reading this article that Scott put out yesterday that reminded me of all these things that I had forgotten about of when, when Brian got hired was technically you are not allowed to have – I mean, not technically. According to the Iowa University of Iowa, like, rule books and – Policies. And like, yeah, e- employee policies. You're not allowed to have a family member be directly report to you. So this entire time – Kirk Ferentz hasn't been Brian Ferentz's boss. It's been the AD. And while that was Barta, it was fine because Barta was kind of Kirk Ferentz's little lapdog and did whatever he wanted him to, and it was great, right? Mm -hmm. As soon as Barta left, 
that's when this Kirk Fer- this is why this Brian Ferentz thing became an issue because he doesn't work for Kirk. He works for the AD because he can't work for Kirk, right? According to the Iowa's uh, policies, and so that's the other thing that's really interesting here is it's a very strange situation in which Kirk actually didn't have the decision making power over Brian's future with the program. Well, and Brian's a good OC. Or not an OC. O-line good coach. O-line coach. Very good O-line coach, He's, he's a very think. good O-line yeah. coach, but he's not a good OC. and Which is okay. Like, not everybody has that skill set. Right. But, you know, it, skirting around that policy doesn't really, doesn't really matter to me a whole lot. And it shouldn't really matter to Iowa as long as that program's winning a lot of football games. It doesn't because, matter until you get to a place Iowa like this. Because Iowa has that ability to change that, you know, in while while this experiment is in progress, right? If Brian Ferentz was putting up 35 points per game with this offense at Iowa right now, mm-hmm. there there would be no reason for anybody to fact check what the policies said or or what the handbook um, you know once said before he even got there, right? No no one would have an inkling to even check it because you're fine with the result. Sure, but now that we're in this position we are today, it's easy to go back and look at these things and then be like, oh, they did skirt around policy. Oh, they, oh, they did kind of just do whatever they wanted yeah. to do and got away with it. And that's why no one can really raise a finger. Like, Kirk Ferentz has no control in no, raising a finger. he can't. The only thing Kirk Ferentz can literally do in this moment if he wants to, you know, ride or die with his son is, retire. is just retire. Yeah. But does he want to retire? That's the, that's the million-dollar question, right? My, my guess would be no. I mean, Kirk Ferentz is at an age where he could retire, yeah. but he's also successful and has stayed successful over and over, year after year. Why would he want to leave a program that, you know, low-key loves him, for yeah. one, a fan base that can't get enough of him, too. And if he, if he and Iowa bring in a really good offensive coordinator or somebody that – can at least spark um, some life into this offense, then poof, you may have Kirk Ferentz here for another five years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of the, the speculation is because people feel like he's kind of coming to the end of the road naturally anyway in terms of his career. So that's part of it. And the other thing is uh, he doesn't need it, right? He doesn't need to keep coaching. But it goes back to what we said with Dusty Baker just last week. He's a lifer, right? Now – if Dusty Baker's kid had been forced to be fired from his staff, maybe that looks different too. But was he really forced to be fired? Because he knew w- what he was getting himself into right. this season. But I'm, I'm, I'm talking big picture here, right? Not just this season. If, if it was up to Kirk, there's no way that these stipulations would have been put on Brian Ferentz to start the season sure. anyway, right? This is a situation where he doesn't have to work anymore. He probably feels like... I don't know if you've ever been in a job where you had one boss and they kind of let you do whatever you wanted and, like, they trust you to get the job done and then somebody else took over and they micromanaged you every second of the day and you just couldn't, like, didn't matter what you were doing, whether mm-hmm. you're doing the right thing, doing the wrong thing, whatever, they were always on top of you. Even if I haven't been in the position, which I can't say that I have in my short time sure, working but in the it's a world, very, I can understand. It's a very common thing that happens, right? You have people that, you know – you change management positions, you change management styles, and you go from a very like relaxed, hey, we trust you to do your work, to, hey, we're going to be on top of you all the time, 24-7. And there's a chance that Kirk Ferentz feels that way. And there's nothing that, I mean, just from having seen other people leave jobs and having left jobs myself for that reason, you can see 
a, you can very easily see a situation where Kirk Ferentz might feel that way, where he feels like, hey, everything was working fine. This new guy comes in, is dipping his fingers in my program. Like, why do I want to continue like that? You know, I, and that's, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Kirk Ferentz responds to this at the end of the year, because I don't think he'll say much of anything until that point. But it wouldn't shock me if Kirk Ferentz just is like, hey, screw you guys, I'm out. And because there's no way he was ever going to fire his son. And that's why the policy exists, right? The policy doesn't exist for when things are going well, <laughs> right? The policy exists yeah. because no dad wants to fire his kid. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not talking about succession and Logan Roy here where he hates all of his children. It's like, no, none of you get to work mm-hmm. for me. At least I'm not putting you in any position to be successful right. or to be powerful at all. It is most people, you know, I, I witnessed this firsthand when I was younger uh, watching Florida State football because I follow Florida State super closely. Bobby Bowden had always said he was never going to hire his kids, even though, like, Terry was a head coach, and uh, there's another one that's a head coach, I forget. But And then you had Jeff, who was kind of the youngest son, and he hires him to replace Mark Richt as offensive coordinator, coordinator after Rick goes to Georgia. And it was the worst stretch of, of – uh, of Bobby Bowden's career, basically, yeah, at Florida that's State. Why you, that's why you don't get in bed with your family. Like, Absolutely. That is the reason why you don't do that. I mean, like, there is a – There is more chances of this going incredibly yeah, wrong yeah. than going way right. The risk versus reward for something like that is so, is, is so reversed, right? Because you know how good you would have to be as an offensive coordinator or whatever for that to – for it to be a no-brainer, right? Like – if you're – I'm trying to think of who's an incredible offensive coordinator just off the top of my head here. Um, if you were like, I don't know, Graham Harrell or somebody, right? Like before, you know, he's putting up really good offenses with USC, you know, has this pedigree of – you know, and Graham Harrell's probably not even a great example. But like Jimbo Fisher pre-Florida State is the best example. Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart as the defensive coordinator, right? If Kirby Smart's your kid – and you're like, hey, uh, my kid's awesome at this. Like, we should hire him. Then it becomes a little bit easier. But with like a Brian Ferentz or a Jeff Bowden or whoever, you look at it and you go like, there's nobody better. There's nobody as good that we can at least avoid the awkwardness. That's the thing is it's not that hard to find someone as good as Brian Ferentz. It wouldn't have been that hard to find someone as good as Jeff Bowden. especially find anybody. That's what I mean. That, that can try to especially in a 25 points per game. Power 5 conference where you're going to pay Power 5 assistant money. You can go, and that's where it becomes a problem, right? It's not that I care that Kirk Ferentz is hiring his kid. It's that you're, you're going to put yourself and the university in a super awkward position where if this doesn't go well, even if it goes pretty well and they struggle at some point, you're going to be in a really awkward position of, hey, do I have to fire my kid? And it's what happened at Florida State. Eventually, it was like, hey, Bobby, it's Jeff or you. And he's like, all right, Jeff, sorry, we got to go. And he still got like a kind of cushy buyout for what he was. Same thing with Brian Ferentz. He goes, hey, like you get put in a position where unless you're wildly successful, you're going to have to fire your kid or your relative or whoever it is. And that's so awkward. So the other thing here uh, that I think about with, with the contract clause that, that was mandated on, t- on him this year mm-hmm. to get to the 25 points per game and get to a bowl game and, and continue to average it through a bowl game, it's almost as though Iowa knew exactly what they were doing last year when they put that clause on him. 100%. That it was, that it was unreachable. 
for him. For him. Yeah. Twenty five points a game, by the way, not unreachable, but no, for him. For him yeah. and for the for Iowa, Iowa offense, yeah. it, it is unreachable. Mm-hmm. And so by doing that, it, you knew it was too high and, mm-hmm. and too far reaching for him when he first came out and talked about it and mm-hmm. said are you going to be mad when it's 24-10 against Wisconsin and we get the win, like X, Y, and yeah. Z? I'm like, are you, are you really going to start like pointing fingers now? Because you barely, and I mean barely, beat South Dakota State last year. Mm-hmm. Barely. It was 7-6. to six. <laughs> You barely beat South Dakota State last year. Yeah. And then it, it further trickled on down the season where Cooper DeGene was the majority of your point scoring. Yeah. And that was not even on punt returns. No, last on defense. Year. That was pick sixes yeah, that defense. Cooper DeGene was doing that. This year, he's been the majority of your offense on special teams. Yeah. So a guy that you don't even coach is scoring more points than your offense. That's how I knew this whole goal was unreachable, even from last yeah. year. And Iowa, they knew what they were doing from the very beginning. It's the same thing that Trev did with Scott Frost, to be honest. Like, Trev knew, and listen, we never got the public declaration of what those metrics were for Frost, but this is the exact same thing. I'm sure whatever those metrics were, Trev knew that for Scott Frost, they were unreachable. I'm positive. Now, he ends up getting fired before that anyway because, you know, you lose to Georgia Georgia Southern at Nebraska and you haven't had a winning season yet. Like, you get fired. I'm sorry. Like, that's just how it works. But I'm sure that's the exact same thing that happened with Trev where he goes, hey, uh, I'm going to put these metrics in, fl- in place. They're going to look really reasonable, but I know because of what I've seen in this program that there's not a chance in hell that you reach them. And that's I'm exactly sure what happened both with Iowa and Nebraska. And it's, you know, some people are like, oh, it's kind of a crappy move if you're the AD, but it's if you're setting a, a bar that is reasonable for everyone else in college football and you know that that guy couldn't re- can't reach it, then the only thing that that tells me is like, yeah, you should fire him anyway, and you're giving him more life than they deserve. Because that's how I felt about Scott Frost. I felt like they should have fired him before his last season there. Now, if you do that, you don't get Coach Rule, and I like Coach Rule, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out. But it's the same thing with Brian Ferentz. Brian Ferentz should have just been fired last year. Low-key, I kind of was like on the Scott Frost train his final year because I wanted to be like one of the only people that believed. Yeah. And, uh, well, it, it's good that I didn't come uh, o- open <laughs> Like, I, I didn't open up about that. Uh, you know, in hindsight. Not on the uh, media, not on the radio. Didn't work. I, uh, I chose to keep that information from within, and I'll release it now on how I wanted to be yeah. one of those people. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it was the right move. But you're right. Stipulations are set for all coaches. It's not just yeah. this one. This is not a, This a, is not unusual. Example. No. And even if, listen, even um, if they I don't say this, specifically I, I, say the stipulations, Everybody right. understand their stipulations. So, so that that's kind of what I was going to get into. There there are times where where I don't know if I want to fully believe that an athletic director has a conversation and says, "Hey, I know you're not going to reach these goals mm-hmm. because you don't want to you don't want to insert failure into sure. your program." So the conversation probably is more like, "Hey, you have these goals. We know they're going to be tough to hit, but this is." how we see fit whether you stay with the program or not we're going to put on it's kind of like you know it's the challenge that you're a salesman I'm a salesman you Mm -hmm. have better numbers than I do Andrew if you don't match Ravi's numbers or get above him in this quarter Mm -hmm. you may be put on you know some type of leave of of some sort yeah you're gonna have to take 
you, you know, we're going to have to monitor all your hours or things like that. Like you have things that fall on you mm-hmm. because you aren't living up to the expectation. And that's really how I think that conversation was handled behind closed doors. Barta, Ferentz, meet with Brian. Uh, boosters are breathing down my neck right now. The, the yeah. school, is, you know, is on us. Like, we, we have to get this better. Brian, this is what I think we can do to at least give you another opportunity or else they would have probably fired you yesterday. Sure, yeah. I mean, they, they definitely would have. And, and I think, honestly, I think most of the Iowa boosters wanted him gone. I think most people in the AD's office wanted him gone. I think it was literally just, hey, we don't want to make Kirk mad. And I get it. You know, he's kind of the been the backbone of your – not kind of. He's been the backbone of your program. Iowa was in a real bad way uh, after he took over or when he took over. And he's made Iowa football relevant, which is not the easiest thing in the world to do. But, again, this is why those policies exist. It's not, it's not in case he goes well. It's not in case Brian Ferentz is incredible at his job. It's because more often than not, it doesn't work out. Like, more often than not, he'd have been the OC somewhere else <laughs> if he was that good at it. And he wasn't. He was an O-line a and a tight end coach. He'll, be, he'll probably See be an O-line later. coach in the NFL because he's really good at it. Like, he's genuinely good at that part of the job. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to Scott Docterman, a little bit more Iowa football before we move on here this morning on Herd Out Sports Radio.